0: Welcome to Newcastle
1: Libraries Reel. Newcastle
2: Libraries can be accessed from wherever you live with the Newcastle Library app. Put borrowing at your fingertips. I invite you to close your eyes and imagine. Imagine that there are no buildings, no roads, no cars, just the trees, plants, animals and the very first storytellers of this land, the Awabakal and Waramai people so I acknowledge them as the traditional custodians of this beautiful land in which we live.
1: Welcome to Laughter and Tears by Newcastle Libraries Reel. Hosted by ABC broadcast journalist Dan Cox, the Laughter and Tears podcast series invites members of our community living with dementia to share their experiences of love, loss, courage and hope. It provides current information from medical experts and looks at dementia services available in the Hunter region and beyond.
0: Welcome to this podcast, Laughter and Tears, Living with Dementia. My name's Dan Cox. I'm a journalist and radio presenter with ABC Newcastle. The third episode in this series is called The Memory Room, Your Libraries and Dementia. You'll hear from Alice Rapata. She's an art therapist. Welcome to the podcast, Alice.
2: Thank you. Good to be here.
0: You'll also hear from Kay Peisel. She's the City of Newcastle's Home Library Service Team Leader. Welcome to you, Kay. In this episode, you'll also hear from Kevin and Catherine Clayton. They've used the memory room in Newcastle and will tell you about their experience. Thanks for being part of the podcast, Kevin and Catherine.
3: Oh, thank you for having us. Thank Thank you, Dan. Dan.
0: Alice, what is an art therapist?
2: So as an art therapist, I use art um, and imagery and art making to support um, participants' emotional and mental well-being. In the memory room, we use a photograph from the library's collection as a stimulus for conversation. And I facilitate sort of a more in-depth look into the photograph.
0: What is it about art and photography, Alice, that can help improve the well-being of people with dementia?
2: Being photographs mainly of the Hunter region, most of the participants have some kind of connection to the images. And I guess what I'm interested in as an art therapist is discovering kind of more about that connection the emotional and personal connection that our participants have with the image. Thinking about things like how the image makes them feel and what it is about the image that makes them feel that way. So discovering their own personal narrative and allowing them the freedom to express their thoughts and feelings in the group through conversation and art making.
0: What if speech is becoming a problem?
2: Well, I think visual communication is really important as well. So allowing the participants the opportunity to create an artwork and to express themselves visually is really important. Often I find as well when participants have the opportunity to reflect on their conversations that they've shared through art making or just um, represent their thoughts through art making, a lot more of the story kind of comes out. There's You know, it's sometimes even like, you know, opening a window and just so much more of the story comes out and more of their memories are uncovered.
0: So they create art they look at photography. Do they look at art as well?
2: Well, recently we have been to a few other locations besides the library. So we've been looking at images in the library itself from the photo bank. Um, We've also been to the art gallery in Newcastle as well, which was a really visually stimulating um, session that week. And we've also been to Noah's recently as well, where we overlooked the ocean. We were lucky enough to see dolphins and It was a beautiful morning. I think everybody really enjoyed that as well. And we looked at some images of the beach and things like that during that session. So it was lovely.
0: So when I hear memory room, I think of people sitting around in a semicircle, but I've got to broaden my horizons.
2: That's right. We can take the memory room anywhere. And I think it's also about that social connection as well. You know, not just having our sessions at the library, but having our sessions in other areas of community as well. So community connection is really important and being part of community is also so
0: important. Dementia affects people in various ways over time and in varying degrees. How important is it that there is a support person involved in the memory room no matter where you are?
2: Yeah so having a carer or support person come along to the memory room as well is really beneficial for a few reasons. It's great for the person that's living with dementia to have that support person there in case, you know, it takes a while for their story to, for them to share their story. Sometimes having that person there can prompt them as well when they're trying to find the words to sort of string their story together. And also, it's great for the carers to have the support of other carers, you know, have the connection of other people that are going through similar circumstances and um, know that they're not alone in this journey of dementia as well. I also think that with the creation of an artwork, the carer can also use that tool when they're at home, you know, later on as a reflection of their experience that they've had at the memory room to continue those conversations
4: at home. So really important.
0: Kay, libraries are all about books, aren't they?
4: That's a very old-fashioned view of a library, Dan. I think libraries are so much more than just books on shelves now. We um, are a service that tries to reach all members of the community, whether that's on books, books online, whether that's programming. You know, we have an art gallery in the library, in the city. We have um, computers and access to a lot of electronic devices that people use. So I think through our programming, we really try to reach a diverse range of people in the community, from young children in all our baby and books and rock and roll, rhymes, story times, through book clubs and author talks all the way through to... Um, reaching out to call community um, and to now having our memory room and reaching members in the community who live with dementia.
0: In this podcast, we've already heard about some of the services that are available for people with dementia. Where do dementia-friendly services and libraries come together?
4: Well, I think that um, I found that there wasn't a lot of services in the community for dementia, which looked at kind of the social aspects of dementia. You know, I think Dementia Australia do such a fabulous job in um, providing educational services and support for the journey, but I was really interested in what can we do for people in the community who have dementia, because it's quite an isolating illness and there's a lot of stigma attached about dementia through a lack of education across our community so I thought libraries are so well placed to offer a social connection we're public we're free we have safe and beautiful spaces and we want to you know we want to be available and support every member of the community that we can.
0: Are you keen to hear from people with dementia and their supporters when it comes to libraries and what works, what could improve?
4: Oh, absolutely. This program has been a collaborative program from the very start. Um, We wanted to, and we did ask um, members of the dementia community about what they would like to see. I first met Kath and Kevin at a dementia coffee connect group, which was held at the Yacht Club. And that group, unfortunately, due to funding cuts, which often occurs, was ending. And so it was an opportunity to see what else we could offer. Um, And so it was through having discussions with members who were attending that group that we got some ideas on how to go forward with our library program. Part of that also was visiting the Maitland Art Gallery that runs a dementia program and understanding how their program worked, as well as looking across other programs across the nation and also internationally to see what's been offered.
0: Catherine and Kevin, how does the memory room help you both?
3: Oh, I I think it's a marvellous invention, if I could say that. And we're so fortunate and and lucky to have people like Alice and... uh, K, uh, to put this all together and put these workshops together. And it's great because I'm, I think that the people with dementia uh, actually open up a little bit. And uh, especially when they can, it's a topic that they can remember in their uh, early teenage years or things like the earthquake or the Pachebolta. And um, it, uh, it really helps them to open up and we get some funny answers But it's great, especially some that were about the Newcastle Show, perhaps, you know, and everybody was telling about their experiences at the Newcastle Show. But, um, yes, wonderful, wonderful.
0: Kevin, does seeing photos of historical events make you talk, get you emotional, help you create art?
5: Yes, it does indeed. It's a great memory revival or memory uh, prompter. And uh, I enjoy that part of it indeed.
0: How important has it for you both to meet with others with dementia, whether it be the other support you've found but the dementia room, that memory room, sitting with others?
5: That's been a great part of the whole program it was at the memory room and in the area that was set up uh, and meeting with other, other people that are suffering with dementia. It's uh, great to be able to do that. A very necessary part of the program.
0: Good for you too, Catherine, as a support person?
3: It's, it, it is, uh, Dan. And um, the people who are present there, you know, you can have a little chat, have a cup of coffee with them and uh, you often pick up a little, uh, a little bit of help There uh, was something that you haven't thought of doing in, in, in a certain way to help the, your partner or your uh, person with dementia you're, whom you're caring for. And, uh, yes, little snippets of information come.
1: Thanks for listening to Laughter and Tears. If you'd like to be part of the Memory Room to encourage conversation and connection with loved ones living with dementia, reach out to Newcastle Libraries.
0: Kay, what have you noticed watching on and watching Alice facilitate? What have you noticed about the creation of art?
4: Well, from the, the whole the process of the memory room, if I step back a bit from the art, I think it's been such a joyful experience because the conversations go in very unexpected places and always are wonderful. So I think that the project has been joyful, not just for the participants, but for the organisers of the program as well. One of the things that I love about the the art activity, which usually comes at the end of or towards the end of the session, is that it builds on the conversations that's happened. But it does allow an extra level of engagement, I guess, with the, whether it's an image that we've been looking at or a piece of artwork. And, you know, there's some wonderful examples of some of the things Alice has done. One of my favourites was we, when we were at Noah's and overlooking the beach and looking at dolphins. Alice had everyone in the group had a piece of paper. And we all had to draw something on the paper that had to do with our memories of being at the beach but we only were given 20 seconds. And after 20 seconds, we had to pass that paper on to the next person around the table. So it was a very fast, frantic drawing activity which everyone was involved in. But it was so lovely because every um, art piece at the end of that activity was different and everyone's interpretation of their memory of the beach was different. So it was really... Such a lovely activity and Alice always at the ends of the arts activities allows us to look at the, acti- at the art pieces and to, put, and to reflect on it and to talk about, you know, why we drew what we did or what our experiences was with interacting with the, whatever materials we're using for that artwork.
0: Alice, it sounds like face to face is pretty important. Did moving online during the pandemic still help people with dementia and their supporters?
2: Well, initially last year, before our face to face program began, um, it was sort of Kay and I had been in a lot of discussion about the memory room and when we were going to start. And then, of course, COVID hit and we couldn't sort of move forward with it. So, Kay and I had quite a few conversations about how we could still reach our audience during that time and I ended up doing some research on the library's photo bank and looking at images and creating narratives for those images which we've got available to see online on the library's website now and then yeah once face-to-face programming could actually begin again was quite a big moment for us with our first session of the memory room and it's really grown from there I think right now we're just trying to navigate that again you know what do we do now moving forward with the pandemic at the point that it's at at the moment and how can we you know keep connected to our participants
1: have you got a loved one living with dementia memory kits can help stimulate memories and create conversation connection and joy get yours now from Newcastle Libraries
0: Okay, are there other options for this program, aside from the memory room, aside from online, if people are in aged care homes, for example, can they still access some of the things you offer?
4: Yes, they can. The libraries, apart from the memory room, we are also offering um, memory kits, which are a collection of items and activities based around a theme, similar to what we would do in the memory room. So, for example, if the theme is gardening or um, your favourite pet, we would have pictorial books, DVDs, music, maybe a jigsaw puzzle, some kind of um, art activity. And these kits can be borrowed by anyone who's a member of the library. But our goal is to actually get them being um, used by activity officers in aged care so that those kits can be available for anyone who is interested in using them. So that's one of the sessions or one of the activities that we have started doing at the moment.
0: Now, you borrowed a magic table, a Dutch... Tova uh, Tafel. You borrowed it, you liked it so much, you managed to get some funding to buy one. What is the Tova and how does it help people with dementia?
4: I came across the topple Table um, device during COVID last year when I was attending the online version of the Australian Dementia Alliance. The topple Table is a interactive, well it's a projector which you put on the roof and it um, projects interactive games onto a table and you use it is um, uses infrared light to project those games and you can move them with your hands. So for example, if it's a beach ball, the participants who are sitting around the table can move that beach ball using their hands, or they can move leaves away and see, you know, a ladybug or something under the leaves. So the whole idea at the type of table was it was originally developed for people with dementia and it's used to stimulate them for more physical activity, um, more social interaction and more mental stimulation. So it's just a it's a wonderful device that has a whole series of gains. So we've been so fortunate to receive the funding. It's um, on its way as we speak. Um, So I'll be excited to receive it in the next few weeks. And we will then be arranging programs for people living with dementia in the community to just come into the library and use it whenever they wish. Um, But we also want to take the TOEFL table out to aged care facilities so that um, those residents in aged care can also um, access it. Yeah, it's a wonderful device and we're very excited to be able to use it. One thing about the Toffle table is that while it initially started for people living with dementia, they now have games for children with autism, with others in the community that may have decreased, decreased cognitive function. So I think there's a, you know, there's a wide a scope for use in the community.
0: Catherine, does the support you've described today mean that you and Kevin can keep living independently, keep living very full lives?
3: Yes, it does. And, and support from other um, people as well. But we uh, have independent um, and we, we do live independently and we get regular exercise, maintain friendships, and connections with our community and go on holidays. Just before the COVID came earlier, we had organised to go on a, what I call a Thelma and Louise trip. And Kevin and I were just gonna pop in the car and just go. We were going to go out, back out around uh, Mudgee and Orange away and then up the centre, up towards um, Queensland. And didn't matter if we stopped for one day or two days or no days. But uh, we were just going, uh, but that didn't happen. But we're looking forward to that happening, perhaps, sometime.
0: <laughs> I won't ask who is Thelma and who is Louise.
3: <laughs> oh, well, I don't know. Well, I'm the driver. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that answers some questions. Uh, Catherine, how can we become a more dementia-friendly community?
3: Oh, I think if, if uh, people and businesses or organisations can... Uh, Really think about people with dementia. I, I don't. It hasn't been thought of. I don't really think. For instance, now Kevin likes to read the Newcastle Herald, and so our local shop has the Herald, which is in within walking distance. And he has a carer of the morning who takes him down to the shop, and he picks up the paper, and comes home. So that kills two birds with one stone. But he cannot. He gets confused with money. So. I organise to pay a week in advance for the uh, paper and he just goes down and picks it up and comes home. and They all know him down there. Hello, Kevin, how are you going? And, and uh, he returns the compliments. And they really do accept him like that. But if, if other uh, organisations know of people with dementia, perhaps they can do similar uh, things, you know? I mean, even perhaps to, I don't know, taxis or Uber drivers, being, well, not specially trained, but just being aware that people with dementia, they might have a little little badge on, say that I am a dementia person, and uh, they can, you know, react to that perhaps a little different way to what they would to a normal, if I say normal, uh, person getting in their Uber or, or taxi. But shops um, can do a lot, yes.
0: Kevin, Newcastle Libraries trains its staff. Do you think dementia training should be offered to supermarkets, newsagents, cafes, taxi drivers?
5: Well, it wouldn't hurt, Dan. Yeah. Uh, because uh, those that are worse off than me, as far as memory is concerned, uh, they need lots of help. People like myself that are in, not in such bad way, as far as memory is concerned, uh, we still need help and uh, and it's wonderful to receive that that helping hand the hand of friendship coming out
0: yeah. Kevin and Catherine thank you for sharing your experiences with us, uh, it's been great to hear from you.
5: Thank you Dan.
3: Thank you very much
0: Dan. Alice thank you for telling us about art therapy in the memory room thanks for joining us on the podcast.
2: Thanks Dan it was lovely.
0: And Kay thank you for telling us what's on offer from Newcastle Libraries and the Dementia Friendly Services much more than just books, good to hear from you today.
1: Thank you very much Dan Thanks for helping us raise awareness and educate others about living with dementia. Be sure to rate and review the podcast wherever you listen. This has been
2: a Newcastle Library's Real Production.